Hey everybody, how are you? Lisa F. Miller here, just a couple of minutes late. How are you all? Just introducing myself for anyone that doesn't know me and sees me in the future. I'm a coach. I've called myself many things in the past like gratitude coach, nurturing coach, but basically I work with women mainly anyway to get them out of old limiting patterns and using their underlying unconscious patterns to create their life to shifting into using their super consciousness. And why would I do that? Well, that's what I'm going to talk about tonight is how the brain creates our stress. So we always see things outside of us, well, not always, but we look outside of us and we go, wow, that's going on, that's making me grumpy, or would you know what uh, my teacher said to me in school today, or do you know what my boss said, or do you know what happened at work, or do you know what happened at the bank, or whatever. So we go into these spaces and we definitely look outside of us for what's going on and how to react, when actually... What's going on is in our heads. It's not actually outside of us. So no matter what that person does or says to you, it's actually our relationship to ourselves and to what's going on inside our heads. So I think Dalai Lama said this, but all suffering is created with your reaction to what's outside of you. And unfortunately, that's what the brain does. The brain does reaction really well. It does resistance, reaction, trauma, and drama. And we actually have to work at not doing that. And we have to rewire the brain. So that's what I do with my clients. So I have a company called Network Nurture. And I work with my clients to rewire the brain. So the brain's focus isn't from the old unconscious patterning. But the focus is from your knowing. And your deep knowing then informs your subconscious and your conscious mind. And vice versa. Because your conscious mind can, can inform your deep knowing too. So that's the work I do, and I'm just opening up a new uh, Facebook group called Brain Hacks for Busy Mums, so that'll be opening next couple of days if you're trying to find me, or you can find me at www.networknurture.info or lisa at networknurture.info. So I just want to have a quick chat today, it won't be a long one, but about the brain and how it creates stress. So we have different consciousnesses, it's really hard to say in our brain, we have an unconscious we have a subconscious, and then we have a conscious brain, and we have an ego. So what we're normally dealing with, though, is our brain's normally in the unconscious patterning and to 80 or 90% of the day, or the subconscious patterning. The subconscious is a little bit different. It's where you can find your memory, and you can access phone numbers and go, oh, hang on a minute, that's right, I've got to get that at the supermarket. Where the unconscious is that part of you, it's like it's asleep. It's not asleep, it's awake all the time. Stuff's going into it all the time and out of it, but you're not conscious to it. You're asleep to it. So unconscious, unless you've got tools and strategies to dig deep in there, which I help people do, is we're very unconscious to it. It's not, it's not like we can easily access it without becoming aware and conscious of it and how our brain actually works. So when we're little, the first seven or eight years, we have something called theta brain. And so we wire in all the pattern from society. We wire in things around, I'm not good enough, I'm not worthy, I'm lacking resources, I'm not perfect or I'm fundamentally flawed or I'm not capable, I don't have the skills. So those are sort of the four underlying assumptions our brain will wire in in the first seven years. And it's wiring it based on what's outside of us. So that wiring will be based on what our parents say, teachers, society, if we've got a church leader, um, any adult who's important in our lives as well, siblings, 
and that gets wired in but it's all based on those underlying assumptions those four things you can bring pretty much every problem back to it so then we create all these beliefs based on that so the beliefs are all based on i lack so then we go into i'm not good at this or we go into i'm really good at this and if i try really really hard i'll be even better so we're either resisting the pattern and trying to fix it or we're agreeing with it like i'm not good at it or Actually, I am going to be really, really um, in abundance and I'm going to try really hard by working really hard and overworking and getting more money. So that's also the underlying pattern working because underneath it, you're still doing it out of a lack of something. So that's what happens in our brains. And then we have a subconscious, which is fed from the unconscious. And it's fed by, it just sends information up and the subconscious can't say no. It says yes to everything. And then we access the subconscious on a more conscious way. So we consciously come in and find phone numbers. Or we consciously come in and go, do I really like that person? Because, you know, or I believe all men are like this, so do I really like that guy? Or whatever. So we use our subconscious as, as there as a memory, and it's more able to be accessed. But it's fed from the unconscious. So it's still full of a lot of default patterning that is low and limited and that default patterning is what we're wiring when we're little we're not born with it hey who's that love to know i can't see any comments cool someone's on here so we're not born with this patterning so it can't be ours but we have to take responsibility for it like i had a father um who was a big drinker and he had certain patterns and i've got some of those patterns not necessarily around drinking, but around poverty and stuff I did. Now, is that his fault? Hey, Jane, how are you? Great to see you on here. Is it his fault that I have that pattern? No. It's my responsibility to unwire or get myself out of that brain pattern, not his. It's not his fault. So if we look outside of us and we see everything outside of us as happening to us, we're just at the effect of it, and it's the brain driving it the brain drives all of this so if you're annoyed with someone and that carries on i mean we all get annoyed but if that carries on long term it's the brain driving it it's not you as the being or what i call the super consciousness and i just call it that because it just sits well it's easy to understand with the subconscious and the unconscious and then our conscious brain so your super consciousness isn't in your brain it's your deep deep knowing your soul your spirit but our brains aren't fed by that. Our brains are fed on the whole from our unconscious patterns. And we all had them when we were little, all of us. And we've still got them now. I've still got them. But what I've managed to do is rewire my brain so it's not feeding my subconscious anymore. My subconscious is fed more from my deep knowing. So things will come up into my subconscious and my consciousness, but it's out of my knowing, not my unconscious. And if I start to do it, I've got pretty quick, quick now going, hang on a minute, I've got into that pattern again. I'm treating that person like that, or I'm yelling at my son about that or whatever, or I've got a point of view about money. That's not mine. That's an old pattern. And then I go back and do the work to to stop that trigger again. So it doesn't. it's not like the patterns go away. It's more we don't honor them. We don't listen to them. And we find ways to rewire our brain not to go down those pathways the same. So we don't get rid of them so much. They are there for everybody and they're driving all of us in some way and we get triggered 
but we can rewire our brain to have a different focus and orientation. So we can come from the orientation of our soul, our spirit, our knowing in our brain, up into our brain as well, rather than what you might call your heart space or whatever you call it, rather than our sub subconscious and superconscious. And then we have this reticular activating system, which is a filter. And what that does, it only matches everything you see outside of you. It is, Jane, it's having that awareness. Awareness is so important, that consciousness and awareness. And because we've all been trained in this way in the programming and conditioning from outside of us, we're not always aware. I was talking to a friend tonight about stuff I did in my marriage, and I thought, wow, that's what my mum did too. I never saw I was doing it for 15 to 20 years. That's okay. It's just I wasn't aware of it until I was aware of it. But the awareness does bring freedom and out of suffering. Because once you're aware, you're just in an old pattern. And whether you're grumping at someone or not being kind to you, you can just go, that's an old pattern. That's just an old point of view. That's not really mine. It's not really your stuff, but you have to take, well, you don't have to, but we have to take responsibility for it because we came into that body. We came as a being into our bodies. We're with those parents and we were with this lifetime and where we are. So we have then the choice to either suffer in those patterns or we have the choice to be an allowance of them and see what they are and have kindness for ourselves with it and gratitude and kindness and gratitude for outside of us. Now, there's been so much going on this year, but even our reactions to all that aren't real and true. They're an illusion based on our brain. So if we can't find gratitude for what's going on, then we're in our brain. And yet it can take time. Some things take longer to shift. Some things take longer to bring that awareness to. So it's not an overnight thing. And I don't want you to think that all this stuff for me shifted overnight. Some of it took five years. Some of it took five minutes, five months. But if you commit to yourself to a different way to be in the world and not honoring your brain or those old patterns, you'll get out of suffering. Because suffering is having there's something wrong outside of us. Suffering is that whole thing about they did something wrong or I did something wrong outside of me, right? And what's showing up, I'm reacting to, I'm resisting to, resisting it or I'm trying to fix it. And that's when we go into suffering. But that's what the brain does. I want to talk about how the brain creates stress. The brain creates stress. Hey, Kim, how are you? The brain creates stress because that's all it can do. The brain isn't creative. Our brain isn't grateful, okay? Our gratitude comes full from that deep heart space and that deep knowing. Our brain likes to do trauma and drama and it likes to do limitations because that's its job. Once it wires in your first seven to ten years of patterns you had with your family, your parents, your aunties, uncles, church leaders, teachers, whatever, its job is to keep you there because its job is to keep you safe. So it thinks in its weird way, its default is to keep you safe, to keep you in that pattern. So what it does, it keeps bringing in more of it. Hey, thanks for the heart. It brings in more of it. The reticular activating system only shows you what you believe up till now which is all based on those underlying four things I said. I'm not good enough. I'm not capable. I don't have enough resources. And the other one is I'm not perfect. I'm fundamentally flawed. Pretty much any problem you can take back to that. But our brain's job is to keep that in place. It's not to, and our brain's job then is to fix it. So what our ego and our conscious mind tries to do is fix it. We try to go into, I can fix that pattern. I'm going to be more confident. But underneath, unless you've rewired your brain to come from your superconscious knowing or your heart space, what happens is what I call a quantum loop. 
you get pulled back to the problem because the problem is stronger than what your conscious mind can actually do in the moment. So if you think about food, dieting, most diets don't work because underneath will be I'm fundamentally flawed, I'm not good enough, whatever's going on with the food. So we diet and diet, but most of the time with most people, this underlying assumption, which is really low and negative about us, which we widen when we were little, wins. And it pulls you back to eating again, unless you're stronger than that. And it does take awareness and it takes a strength and a commitment. Now, my stuff with money took me probably four to five years. I had such a poverty mindset. I know if you've been on my talks, you know this, but yeah, it was so strong and it was from my family and my grandparents. My grandfather grew up in a poor house in England. So you'd see that ancestral and then my dad had the same way of being about money and my mum did too. And it was ancestral and it was so underlying. I wouldn't even say I knew what I was saying half the time. And it's not even what you're saying because those underlying patterns create a way of being. And energy, you know, when you meet someone, you think, oh, they're really grumpy, even though they don't say anything. Sorry, guys. Or you meet someone and they're really grateful. You don't, you know that they're a lovely person. It's because it's their way of being, their energy, their spirit, their soul, their super consciousness. So even if you don't say anything about money or poverty, people can feel it, your children feel it, and they wire that in too. And this is proven now. They can measure thoughts outside your head. So they wire that in as well. So our brain creates our stress technically. When you look at that, the patterns and our resisting and reacting to outside of us and us trying to fix it creates a lot of stress. I created so much stress in my marriage trying to fix my marriage and trying to fix the money stuff and fixing me. I spent probably 10 years trying to fix me. There was something wrong with me. No, it was just a pattern that I was fundamentally flawed. And that's really how I was at the end of my marriage. I, there was something really wrong with me. That's how I was acting and being. And I spent a long time trying to fix that before and a little bit after. Until I started to get some tools on board that showed me you can't fix those underlying assumptions and beliefs. And no belief is actually that valid because they're always based on those underlying low assumptions. So even if you say uh, um, you believe in a certain politician or a political party, It'll pretty much be chosen out of an old pattern unless you dug deep into your knowing. So that's the difference between thinking and knowing. You can think a party's going to be good, but do you know that they're the right thing for you? Not necessarily for your neighbor, but for you and your family. So I spent a long time trying to fix it. A very, very long time trying to fix me and my marriage and everything around me and control it. But I was being controlled by these underlying assumptions. Now, for everyone, it shows up differently. So your thing about not being perfect or flawed might show up by being a perfectionist, right? Trying to fix everything, control it. Other people, it shows up by not giving, they're like, oh, I'm not going to do anything. I'm going to opt out of society because I'm flawed anyway. I'm going to opt out. I don't have to be part of this. Now, you don't say it like that. No one says it like that, but that's what's operating. Yeah. That's right, hun. Thanks, Jane. Great, great. I love it. I love what you're saying. Yeah, it is definitely the patterning. It's ancestral. It's ancestral. It goes back millions and millions of years ancestrally, but it also goes into society and programming. You know, a white woman, me, born in 19... Hey, Nicola. Born in 1969 in New Zealand, had different patterning to you, Jane, in England, or Kim, wherever you grew up. 
or a little boy now born in India um, in 2020 will have different patterning and conditioning based on religion and spirituality and all those things. And there's nothing wrong, but if you believe they're right and correct and true, and you believe what is going on in your head, that's when it becomes a wrongness. So if you believe what your head's saying about those people are this, or I'm this, or you know, we need to do this, and I hate this. That's the that's the stuff that is uh, thre threatening to us and makes us unhappy and go into suffering and causes stress. And it actually is a threat to our body. So as soon as we go into resisting, reacting, or trying to fix something, our body goes into fright and flight. And that's where we're causing it. So our body is only driven from our unconscious pattern too. It's all driven from an unconscious pattern. So if you're in a lot of stress all the time, it's not that it's necessarily outside of you. It's how your brain reacts to outside of you. Now, I was, you wouldn't have maybe known it because I didn't show up, but oh my God, I had so much adrenaline running through my body. I was in fright and flight all the time to about six or seven years ago. I was in fright and flight constantly, like couldn't rest, couldn't relax, uh, exercising all the time, surfing and that because I couldn't relax, couldn't watch a movie for two hours. And that was the brain pattern trying to fix. I was trying to fix the a fundamental flawed thinking that I had in my unconscious thinking. We've all got it. It's flawed. We're not flawed. I want you to know this. We're not flawed at all. We are perfect, whole and complete. It's the thinking and the way the brain thinks that is flawed. It's a default system, like a dodgy hard drive. If you think about a computer that's got a virus on it, well, the computer might be old and not working properly and slow. Think about your brain like that. Then the software is the conditioning. The software that we put into it is what we're told from parents. The software is the conditioning and programming from where we live, the planet we're on, whatever, or what time we're born in, and also our parents' software. So that first seven or eight years, we're wiring in their stuff. So if you think you're not good at something, it's not yours. It can't be. No baby is born in this way. They think they're great at everything, don't they? A two-year-old's like, I do it, I do it. They don't have any point of view about eating too much, not eating enough. They don't have any point of view about their body shape. They're just like, I want it and I want it now. They are born in this utter love for themselves. They don't hate themselves. They love everything around them till they don't like it. And it's like, nah, I've had enough now. I'm sick of you. I'm going over here, right? But there's no judging and there's no self-judging when you're that little. Then as we get older and by seven or eight, it's wired in and we get to school and we're compared as well. So and then we're told to think. So we go from what a two-year-old does, which is their deep knowing, their soul, their spirit, their heart space, their super consciousness, whatever you want to call it. Then they go into thinking and thinking is stinking literally, guys. So I encourage every woman I work with or everyone I work with to get out of their heads. Now, it's not always easy. I was very analytical. I still can be. I'm a real deep thinker and I like to solve problems. I'm creative problem solver. But what I was trying to solve was a problem of me. And that's not a problem. I don't have a problem. I am not a problem. Okay? Just the brain says that, the brain unconscious patterning. So that unconsciousness feeds our subconscious, which then feeds our consciousness. And then we have an ego. Now, ego's job is to keep you as well in the same place and to make you right. An aspect of the ego, which we don't always acknowledge, is that ego likes to be right. 
And that's our identity. So we identify with something, we go, yep, I like that because of that, or I disagree with this because of that, and we'll fight for it. We'll fight for that identity that, you know, I'm a woman of this stage and age, and this is what I deserve, and that's all there is. And that's fine. It's okay to stand up for ourselves, but we'll actually fight and cut our noses off at the same time. That's what the ego does. It will fight for your limitations. So the limitations that pop up, pop up from the unconscious to the subconscious to your conscious mind, I can't do it. Your ego will keep it in place. Your ego and your brain want you to be safe. Again, that creates stress because safety isn't necessarily comfort. Okay? When, when I was in my marriage, I wasn't comfortable or happy, but there was a safetyness to it, but it held me in a lot of stress. So being safe isn't necessarily unstressful or kind to you, but it will keep you in that place and keep you out of risk. So to leave a marriage isn't easy, right? It's not easy. Um, but going into no story, you know, there's plenty of people with worse situations than me. But, and my brain kept me there for a long time. And the ego was like, you know, keeping me in the safety net. But actually, I was incredibly unhappy and stressed as well. So our egos work like that. They keep us in limitations. They keep us in out of risk. So we have this brain that does all this underlying unconscious patterning, which is very low and self-judging. Then we have an ego that tries to keep us safe. And then we have programming conditioning outside of us. That's also about don't step too much off the bridge, you know, don't go too far either way. And if you're a Kiwi, don't speak your truth because, you know, you don't want your head shot off, the tall poppy thing. Or if you're an Indian boy born in, in India this year in 2020, you know, in five years' time, you'll have a certain point of view about women or men or however that is in your country or about religion. So, yeah, we're kept in this place by a brain that is faulty with faulty hard drive and a faulty software. And I say it like this to people. If you were born on another planet, let's just say, well, this planet without a brain, you would just be being a being, being. We're actually a human being, not a human brain. We're not a human computer. So I teach people to get take that. It's like an orientation. You've got to change your perspective or orient, orientate away from seeing your brain as real and true and stepping into a deep knowing. And that takes some practice when it's been trained out of you. I had 40-something years of it trained out of me, and yet I know as a kid I was very intuitive. And, and I knew I was intuitive under there, but I had it trained out of me. I went into a job which was very much about the head teaching. So, yeah, it can take practice and time, but you can do it. And we use our bodies to access that deep knowing because our body is our GPS. So our brain is creating the stress with the reacting, resisting, judgment, and then it loops us back to the same underlying pattern. So you try to lose weight, but it loops you back. It keeps looping you back, and these are stressful, what I call a quantum loop. So it's not outside of us. It's our reaction to outside of us. And I know some of you will want to throat punch me with that. You really will, and I get it, because some things just feel like <laughs> that person did that, and that is so true and real, but it's actually our brain. And when we shift our perspective in our brain, we don't see it the same way anymore. So I've shifted my perspective to come from my deep knowing I will react initially sometimes, but then I go, hang on a minute, that's just my unconscious pattern. Does anyone want to ask any questions or say anything? Hey, Kim or Nicola, have you had experiences of this? We have the same thing looping? Yeah, it's our knowing though, Jane. I get it, but it is our knowing. 
it can yeah it can be a lonely path if you see it like that I think I get what you're saying but for me I now have me so I don't feel alone because I have me I know what you mean I really do there's lots of people that I spend time with that don't step into their superconscious maybe or their deep knowing as much as maybe you and I might um but also when I've got me I'm okay if I'm being kind to me and not judging me and gratitude for me I don't really need anyone else to be on my path but I get exactly what you're saying and yeah but we do we love that knowing that we dig deep into our knowing eh? it's really important so thinking and knowing of two different different things and you can call it your intuition or your um you know, mother's, you know, that whole mother's waters thing, and or our gut, and mine is my, more of my solar plexus area maybe, but it's around there for me, so my stomach will show me like it will be unwell sometimes with um, certain things, because it's showing me don't do that, and I've got to a point of it's not doing the unwellness so much, which is great, because that can be a little bit not so great to have a sick tummy, but that'll be a strong feeling I'll get sometimes. I'm wondering what you girls have. Whereabouts of the body? Everyone wants validation sometimes, I think. But if we validate ourselves and we know we're right for us, it won't matter. Eh? As long as you know what's right for you. I think that's the important thing. Know what's right for you. Happy listening. Are you happy listening, Kim? Cool. Awesome. So yeah, so the knowing is is what I call the super consciousness, just because it fits in really well with the science, subconscious, unconscious, super consciousness, and it's really easy. I've got a diagram if anyone wants it that explains it more. Ah, does your throat show you? Do you get a sore throat, or you can't talk? Ah, interesting. Yeah. And our throat is so much about our power, Kim. It's so much about our voice, who we are, and speaking our truth. That's really interesting, yeah. For me, it's, yeah, I've had a lot of stomach stuff this year, but also with food. Hey, Jen, how are you? So, yeah, so what we've got is a brain creating the stress. Yeah, we, it can shift, can't it? It definitely can shift around, Jane, I agree. But it's always in our body that helps reflect back into our conscious mind, isn't it? I get this heavy feeling like rocks, and I'm like, that's wrong for me. And I get this light, bubbly feeling in my body, that's right. And sometimes I have to sit with that. Sometimes the answer isn't in my head straight away, and I have to be like, I need to sit with that for 10 minutes or so. But yeah, we have a brain that causes stress. But if you were born without that brain, and we had another operating system and our beingness, we'd just be being. We are beings. So my work is to take you back to beingness. And there's many ways to do this. Like lovely Jane does it with yoga, and I do some yoga myself at home. Um, there's many ways, different types of meditations. There's many practices. Breathing is amazing. I do that sometimes, back to being. But there's also tools you can use with your brain that will just help you jump tracks, that will help you jump from the um, unconscious to the superconscious patterning, that'll help you not judge what you're thinking. So there are other ways to rewire the brain in a more neuroscience way as well. So with my clients, I do both. I do a meditation, which is not like my, maybe my Jane might do the yoga ones, but it's more just taking you out of your brain and taking you into your super consciousness. That's the type of meditations I do. I can't find another word for them. I'm not sure if you call them meditations, but... And then journaling's great. You can brain dump patterns. You can bring in gratitude because... Um, gratitude rewires the brain. It's one of the quickest ways to get out of your old conscious patterning because you can't technically fix, and I don't believe in problem solving anyway. I believe in creating your life, not solving your life. 
but you can't technically fix a problem if you th talk about it that way without gratitude. It will always come back in another form. So unless you're utterly grateful for something, it won't change. And that's not easy too sometimes. That can take time. But with journaling and other practices and breathing work and body work and yoga and all sorts of things, we can come back to that lovely heart space and that lovely gratitude. But there are ways to do it that are simple, they don't take too much time, and they take you out of your head. Now, a classic one, which a lot of people don't use and don't know about, is asking questions. Because affirmations still, even if they're said consciously, if you have an underlying pattern that disagrees with it, they might not shift anything. Because if you have an underlying pattern that's a resistance to the affirmation, they won't always work. Well, they didn't for me. Because my underlying pattern would kick in and I'd go back to being mean to me again. So what I use is questions. Because questions take you to your superconsciousness, number one. And they take you to the higher conscious part of your brain and the creative part of your brain. And it's more of a conscious thinking. So I'll be like, okay, how does it get better than this? And then, sure enough, it will rewire my brain to be looking for something better. And I'll see something better that day. Or what else is possible here? And I'll let that go. I won't answer the question. And later on, something else will show up. I'm like, oh, there you go. That's what was possible. And that could take three months for the new thing to show up. It doesn't matter. But if I'm looking at something that you might call a problem, I'll use those questions. And it might take three months, three minutes, three years. But I'll keep asking because I'm unwilling to stay in the judgments of my brain. I'm just unwilling now. It's so unkind to ourselves and unkind to people around us. You know, I'm sure I'm a nicer mum when I'm not in judging me as well, you know. I'm not perfect, I know that, but I am nicer mum. So questions really take us out of our brain and they take us into a different space. And they take us into what I call the quantum field, um, which is the science behind how the energetics work in our reality. And when we ask a question, we're asking for a new possibility to show up. Otherwise, we're in a statement. And a statement is basically a judgment or a conclusion, and that comes out of the brain. So if we're like, I'm not good at that, there's no possibility there. There's no curiosity. And when we're little, do you remember how kids are little? Hey, yo, how are you? They're always curious, and then we sort of wire it out of them by saying, please don't ask any more questions. Um, when we ask questions, we go back to a curious brain, and we rewire our brain to go from that low pattern back into curiosity and back into our knowing. So questions are really great at rewiring your brain back into a knowing space, into that super consciousness, your heart, your spirit, your gut, your instinct, your intuition, whatever you call it. So that's a great way to do it. But basically the first thing we have to do is to really tell ourselves it's just our brain. My brain's causing stress right now. What can I do to shift out of my brain a little bit. Could I go for a walk? Could I do some breathing? Could I go to the beach? Could I have a swim? Like water does it for me. I had a swim in the sea this morning in my togs. Wasn't warm, but cleared my head. So I know the things that work for me. The first thing to commit to is honoring your knowing rather than your brain, honoring your deep knowing and really listening to your body and your knowing because your brain will drive you crazy trying to fix the problems with the same thinking. And it's what Einstein said. Insanity is to fix the problem with the same thinking that caused it. So when we're in our heads and we're going round and round, it just feels like a loop. But if you can find a way to, to know, to trust your knowing, and you can find a way to access your brain in a way where it's just like, oh, well, that's just my brain. 
that's just the way brains work. Brains have low thoughts. It comes from an unconscious pattern. It was widened when I was little. It's not all mine. It's ancestral in society. Cool. Okay, that's just my brain. That's interesting what my brain is saying. And what else is possible that I hadn't considered? How does it get better than this? I wonder what could show up now that I don't believe in my brain. I wonder what could show up beyond what I thought was possible. All these types of questions allow you to step out of your brain. So that's basically how the brain creates stress with lots of underlying patterns. And then we are trained to resist and react everything outside of us and to judge. And then we end up in these loops of stress and then they drive our body to go into fright and flight. So our brain is creating our stress, not our children. And I know we can be in circumstances where they do dumb shit, right? But it's actually our reaction to it. And of course, we're allowed to get angry straight away. We're allowed to be annoyed, whatever, whatever we want. But if we hold on to it for a long time, we wire the brain back in it even more. So just by holding on to it and going, oh my goodness, he did that, she did that, they did that, telling the story of it, wires it back in, just keeps wires it back into the brain because the brain just goes back into that same synaptic pathway. So the best thing to do is to stop telling the story. Hey, thanks for her, um, for the thumbs. Top, stop telling the story and find a way to get out of your brain and back into your knowing. And you will have some of your own ways now, I am sure. But reach out if you want to find some different ones. www.networknurture.info is my website. I have a free group I'm opening up. It's called Brain Hacks for Busy Mums. And it's going to be, it's got a lot of explanation about the brain and the super consciousness, our knowing. And it's, I'm going to be having tools in there and lives and journaling too. So if you want to DM me, I'll send you the link. I think I should be ready by tomorrow. I just have to set up some more. I have a um, $10 a month where I do those types of meditations where I take you to super consciousness. And we do journaling three days a week and meditations five days a week. That's $10 a month. And that's just a lovely way to connect with other women in there. And we don't talk about all our issues, but we might bring something up. But basically, we're just asking questions, journaling and meditating and get ourselves out of our heads. And it's called Calm for that reason. Consciously aware and living in the moment. So if we can be conscious and aware of where we are and that we're in our brain or not in our brain, then we can live momentarily. Our brain doesn't do momentarily, it does the past or the future. And that's what gets us into trouble too. So I hope you got something out of that. But yeah, I've also got a um, a blog, blog.networknurture.info. But DM me. I've also got half an hour uh, free chat. So if you DM me, I can send you a link. Thanks for being on and thanks for the comments. And thanks Jane and Kim for sharing. Um, what you what you were saying about your body and your consciousness and your awareness and where it is in the body for you. Awesome. Keep up your amazing work, Lisa. I'm normally at my dark club, but I stuffed my knee today. Oh, I'm sorry to hear that. You are too. Oh, that's so sad. I'm sorry to hear that. I hope it gets better soon. So great to be able to join you too tonight, Jane. Thank you so much for listening. Great to have you on here too, Yo and Kim and Jen. Great to have you on here and anyone else. And Nikki, Nikki, anyone who sees this in the future. But DM me if you want a half an hour chat about anything. And I'm actually launching this week my Boss and My Brain eight-week um, long coaching signature program, which is sort of like a course in coaching. So if you're interested in that, 
it's um, more of an intense dig into the brain and we actually go a bit deeper and find out how those patterns show up for us. Hey, yo, great to have you on here. Love to see you sometime. So we actually, yeah, we dig a bit deeper and figure out what patterns are impacting us and stuff. And then we do other work to dig deep into our knowings. But great to have you on here. And we'll speak soon. Take care. Bye.